This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Winter brings all sorts of risks to our kids' safety. Sarah Hunstead from CPR Kids joins us this morning to talk about some of the dangers inside the home. Good morning to you, Sarah. Good morning, Sam. Obviously, the home has all kinds of risks for young ones at wintertime. What are some of the most common things that are risky that kids can find themselves being burned on? When it comes to burns in kids, scalds are the most common. So we think of those hot liquids such as coffee, tea, bowls of nice hot soup or noodles, all of that lovely warming stuff that we have can be a real risk to kids. But of course, thinking about the rooms in your home as well, your lounge room perhaps has a heater in it. We might be using electric blankets, which can be a fire risk in the bedrooms. And even running a nice hot bath in the bathroom can be a burns risk to children. Sometimes we like to take a hot water bottle to bed and and it's an easy way to warm up, you know, on a, in, in a cold bed. But is this a no-no with kids? It is a no-no, but don't tell my grandmother that because she used to give me one every single night when I was staying at her house because it was freezing. But I know, and I think back now and I look at that hot water bottle and I think, my goodness, I am absolutely surprised that it lasted as long as it did because hot water bottles can degrade over time. And so what can happen is if you put too much hot water in it or even if they're just old, they can split and that can be a really big burns risk to little ones. And also thinking about it, if you put a hot water bottle in the bed, you might have wrapped it up in a towel, but kids can be curious. They can unwrap that and that can be really, really hot to touch because we need to remember Remember that kids burn at much lower temperatures in a shorter amount of time than what we do. We're leathery old crocodiles in comparison to them. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, What about a heat pack? Is that any better? Well, heat packs can heat unevenly. I know that a lot of people just like to chuck that wheat bag into the microwave, put it on for like, you know, 30 seconds. There we go. But what can happen is it can heat unevenly. So some bits can be really, really hot and other bits can be cold and we might not realise that. And the other thing too is I encourage everybody to go and have a look at um, whether it's the uh, Metropolitan Fire Brigade or the Country Fire Authority's websites because they've got some great hints and tips on this. And one One of the things that they talk about is when you put a wheat pack into a bed with all the covers on top, what could happen is it can actually ignite and cause a fire. And I actually didn't realise that either. It's um, But they've actually done studies into this and it can. So please don't be tempted to put those wheat bags into beds piled with the blankets on top. Okay. So we're rolling out um, heat packs, hot water bottles. I'm guessing electric blankets are also quite dangerous? Well, that's the thing. Leaving them on overnight, not a good thing to do. Making sure you check them every winter before you pop them onto bed. We don't want, you know, one that you've had for the past 20 years. That's probably not a good idea. And never, ever, ever leave them on overnight. And at the end of the day, if you've checked your hot water bottle, you pop it into the bed to warm it up and you remove it before the child goes in there. If you're in a really, really cold climate, then maybe that's what you need to do. Now, I imagine uh, here in Sydney, I know personally there's a lot of houses that aren't well insulated and and the nights can get very cold. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it's just the way to do it is just by heating up the room with a heater. What's the best kind of heater for keeping kids safe from burns? So the good thing is, is that the ACCC have some great resources on heaters and safety, especially when it comes to kids. So I want everybody to go to the ACCC website and have a look at that. It's got really good recommendations. But one of the things that we need to think about is 
where are we putting the heater? So one, we really shouldn't be leaving heaters on overnight. Generally in a Sydney climate, it's not really needed. It's not like we're in Canada and we're, you know, minus 20 or anything like that. But if you do need to warm up the room beforehand, where is that heater? Is it placed out of reach of the kids with little hands that can touch it and get burned? Where have you moved it to? Is it near the curtains? Could curtains fall on top and ignite? So we need to be thinking about those sorts of things as well. What, what would you say is the best way to keep a kid warm in wintertime overnight, keep them safe? Well, if it, if it was my family, they'd be going, oh, mum just makes us put on all these jammies and all the blankets over the bed. But, you know, I live in the climate. I'm in Sydney as well. It doesn't, you know, it might get down to five overnight and then that is a chilly night, a few more blankets on top. But we're talking older kids with that. Because what we don't want to do with babies is pile all sorts of things in the cot. So you may want to pre-warm the room beforehand, making sure you turn the heater off before they go to bed and keeping it out of reach. You might want to pre-warm the bed with that hot water bottle, but it's you doing it only and removing it before your child goes anywhere near there. And of course, jump onto the Red Nose website because they've got some great tips about keeping bub warm at nighttime using onesies and sleeping bags, but without that suffocation risk that we worry about when we pile the bed full of blankets and everything when it comes to the babies. Yeah. Now let's talk about burns. Where are the most dangerous parts of the home that uh, where burns take place? So often we see the kitchen area because we've got the stove there, we've got the oven there, we've got the kettle with that long cord that might hang off the bench. We've got uh, certainly where we might be eating as well there. So those cups of coffee that we might be sitting on, that mm. a child might reach up to the table and pull down, where it might be eating a nice warm bowl of soup as well. So the kitchen is certainly one of those places. Often people will might forget about the lounge room where we've got the heater. Curious little fingers might like to go up and touch that as well. And, of course, the bathroom too. We can't forget that when we're running that bath in the evening, if you have a mixer tap, make sure that you run the cold afterwards or if you've got the dual taps, please make sure you run the cold last as well. And if you can, make sure that the water that's coming out of the tap is regulated. So what do I mean by that? Your hot water system. Make sure that it has a regulator so that when the water comes out the tap, it's at 50 degrees because otherwise it can be scalding hot. And we know that bringing it down to that temperature can certainly minimise burns risk in kids. Uh, often after having a bath or a shower, you know, you got to get the kids to bed and they've got wet hair. Is there risks of burns with a hairdryer? Ooh, hair straighteners. Hair straighteners. Big one. Big one with hair straighteners. Yes. So one of the biggest risks in the bathroom is, I mean, you know, Sam, you might not have this problem, but I certainly <laughs> use hair straightener at home. And they've got those really long cords and the plates on them, they can heat up to, you know, 280 odd degrees Celsius in wow. 15 seconds. Wow. And you can imagine what damage that would do to little kids' skin or even adult skin at that temperature. And kids want to mimic what we do. And so you might leave those hair straighteners up there just to cool when you're finished with your hair and little hands reach up, grab them, and that's an immediate nasty burn. And the same for teenagers as well. Certainly when I was working um, in the emergency department, we would see teenagers come in with burns along the top of their ears and to their neck, 
all of those sorts of things because they're just not quite aware of how quickly something that hot can burn. Mm. So keep the hair straighteners out of reach. It's important to talk about how best we can treat burns. What, what should we do? What's the first thing we should do? Okay, number one thing, don't panic, okay, because we need to stay nice and calm and be in control of the situation because you know, particularly as carers of kids, if they see us panic, they're going to absolutely lose it as well, if they haven't already, because often superficial burns can be very painful. Yeah. But that's the key. First of all, stop, take a deep breath and look at your child. We need to remove the heat source. So we're going to remove any clothing, for example, that has that hot cup of tea that's spilled on them. We're going to remove the nappy, particularly if they've pulled that, you know, whether it's a bowl of soup onto themselves because it may have soaked through their clothing and down into their nappy. So we need to make sure that we're removing all of that. The only time that we don't remove the clothing is if it's stuck to the skin. And that would be if perhaps um, they've put their hair a hand on top of a barbecue and their clothes have melted, then what we're going to do is just the next step, which is cool over the top of the clothing. Or if you can remove the clothing, cooling straight on top of the burn. Now, we need to remember we need to cool the burn, not the child. So we only want to cool those bits that are burned. However, what do we cool it with? Please, no butter out of the fridge, no tomato sauce. I've seen it all. I'm a pediatric nurse. Believe me, I've seen all these things. We want 20 minutes of cool running tap water. And how do you do that on a child, a two-year-old, for example, who's screaming, mm. who's in pain and upset and scared? We need some distraction. So get your phone out or your iPad out or, you know, whether you've got some toys that are nice, bright, noisy to distract them and put them under that cool running tap water. Now, what are we going to do next after that 20 minutes? Well, first of all, if it's an extensive burn, if it is a burn over a joint, if it is, you know, even bigger, say, than a 20-cent coin, the skin is disrupted, meaning that it's blistered or that the skin's come away, we need medical help. If it's an extensive burn or a burn to their face or their chest or their neck or their genital area, please call an ambulance, especially if you can't pop them in their car seat safely to transport them to hospital. So once we've gotten that help, we're going to cover the burn. We're not going to put any creams or anything like that on there. Why? Because when you get to the hospital and the doctors and the nurses need to see that burn, they're going to have to wipe that off, which can mm. be really painful. So don't do it. Simply cover it with a nonstick dressing from your first aid kit or loosely some cling wrap. So glad wrap or plastic wrap like that. Loosely cover it over the top just to protect it while you're getting help. But we don't want to leave that on there for more than an hour. And once we've done that, we are making sure that we are going to the doctors. When it comes to kids, they we need the burn seen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us over these last few weeks talking about uh, winter safety. And hopefully it's equipped many of us to be more careful within the home, but also know how to treat burns if uh, that horrible situation does end up happening to us. And if you want to know more about CPR Kids and their courses as well, to find out more, go to cprkids.com.au. Thank you so much, Sarah, for your help over the last few weeks. Oh, thank you for having me, Sam.
Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.